So, Stephen, why do you want to do this interview? Well, I think your concept is fantastic. I'm always interested in innovation, particularly when it comes to business models and the way that businesses act and behave in the world. And, uh, and you interviewed a, a very good friend of mine who I respect tremendously, Shalen Patel. Oh, he and, was so uh, cool. Yeah, he's quite a good dude. And uh, when you said that, uh, uh, he said, would you be interested? I said, uh, I'd love to. Thank you. How would you define a maverick? For me, uh, a business maverick is somebody who creates something in the world that didn't exist before. And this is a very difficult thing to do. So to, it takes um, a lot of confidence, a lot of self-belief, a lot of courage, and a little bit of craziness to think that you can create something in the world that didn't exist before. To me, that's a true maverick. Okay. Why do you think you're a maverick? Well, I didn't necessarily say that I am. I just told Shalene I'd be interested in speaking with you. I okay. think I've been fortunate to work with um, uh, my friends and a number of others at Rockcore who uh, we have created something that hasn't existed before. Uh, so by, by that definition that I just gave you, I guess uh, uh, Rockcore is a, is a pretty maverick business. Okay. The London School of Economics developed a maverickism scale. I'm going to give you seven statements. You just need to say true, false, can't decide. Okay. People tell me that I'm a maverick or words to that effect. True. I have a knack for getting things right when least expected. Hmm. Don't know. I have a way of solving problems which is different from other people. True. I'm much more productive than other people. People say that. I have very unusual talents. <laughs> yes, true. I'm generally underestimated by people. Mm, probably true. They see my long hair and don't <laughs> take me seriously. I do things differently and better than most people when I work. Oh, definitely true. Why do you do things differently? Uh, I like to have fun. And so, uh, for me, creating this company is uh, an extension of how I want to exist on this planet. Thank so, uh, I, to be able to combine music together with uh, engaging youth and social action and uh, showing brands how to advertise differently in a pro-social way, that's fun to me. Okay. So, I um, I don't really think of it as, I was speaking about this with a friend of mine this morning actually, I don't really think about what I do at Rockcore as a job, it's just kind of my life. Uh, it's definitely hard work, I mean it's, it's not all fun all the time, but you know we really work to organize ourselves into a company that you know, it's, it's a place that you, you want to go to and it's a world that you want to live in. So, uh, uh, that's it. Thank you. Can you give me an example of what you do differently and how? So, something you do differently in your business. Mm. Well, I, the business of Rockcore mm -hmm. is to use music to engage youth into social action. So we produce concerts, and you have to—you can't buy a ticket to our concerts. They're the only concerts in the world where you have to do four hours of volunteering at a community event we've organized in partnership with a nonprofit. That's the only way you can get into our concerts, which we've now done for nearly ten years on six different continents, and the—and um, it's all paid for by corporations, by brand partners. Okay. And so our pitch to those brand partners is, what if instead of shooting and airing another 30 Justin Timberlake, Pharrell, happy commercials, you could do Rockcore instead, and you get a greater return on your advertising investment by investing with us, and oh, by the way, you're going to change the world at the same time. Would you be interested in that? Okay. That's our pitch, and I think that's quite different. 
wonderful, excellent example. Is what you do equated with the bottom line or something else? Well, definitely. I, I believe that um, capitalism is the second best system for organizing human beings on the planet. What's the first? It, it's, we haven't discovered it yet. Okay. So it's what we have. And, you know, when I was younger, I was, uh, you know, arrested several times for protesting against the system and so forth. And, and I, I, I applaud those mavericks. That's a different type of maverick. Yeah. Uh, people who stand up, put themselves in harm's way to change the system. With Rockcore, uh, our idea is capitalism is a system that we're working with. It's done a, a very good job, more than a decent job of bringing a lot of people out of poverty. Um, and it, it, it in general works as long as people are conscious and help control it so it doesn't run away with itself, where I think we have some recent examples over the last six or seven years with capitalism running out of control. Okay. But when it, when it, you know, for us, we think about capitalism, we want to make it work for people. So I'll, I'll answer the question this way. If, if you think about, you know, sort of pro-social, activities and sort of solving society's problems and you look about how we handle that in most Western economies the size of the aggregate the gross domestic product is roughly similar so I'm talking to you from London but I'm American by birth the countries are similarly shaped you have about uh, somewhere around 30 to 40 percent of the gross national product is is government spending. Uh, about 60 to 70 percent is private sector, so business, and about five to six, seven percent is what you would call the NGO or the nonprofit sector. And we really reject the notion that. Um, we can solve society's problems with that five or six or seven percent of the ammunition. We need to work in the big bucket, 60 to 70 percent. Okay. So how can we help corporations through their business of doing what they do and their business is to increase the value uh, of their company for their shareholders? Yeah. What if we could do that and at the same time solve society's problems. Okay. I think there's a lot more room, a lot more scope for that, and that's what Rockcore is trying to do a bit. Okay. I'm not saying to you, Billy, that every problem in society has a private sector solution, you know, but certainly a lot more of them than are currently being solved today. Definitely. I'm making a list of all the people I'm going to connect you with, all my cool. mavericks that are in, aligned in that area. Nice one. Does doing things differently require certain skills, talents, mindsets? And if so, what is it? Well, I've described it this way before. So if you, if you are, um, and I'm going to use your language, if you are a maverick, or I would say entrepreneur, if you are a maverick, ten things will happen to you. Nine of them will be bad, ranging from bad to really bad. Okay. And one will be good. And you, you have to have the skill set, so you celebrate that one so heavily, you open champagne, get together with your friends and family and really celebrate that good thing happening and block out all the bad things. Okay. If you, if you have that ability, then you probably are a maverick. If you can't, then you should probably work in a different system. Okay. What are the challenges to being a maverick? Mm. Well, um, I think it's a level of being able to manage constant uh, fear. So at any moment you think uh, that everything that you've done and helped to create can go away. So being able to deal with that level of uncertainty uh, as just kind of background noise in your life, I think that's a real challenge. So yeah. being used to waking up at four in the morning and being wide awake because you're thinking about all of your challenges. You just have to have some sort of makeup that allows you to see you later to um, to deal with that. Okay. What's been your lowest? What's been the lowest point of your journey as a maverick? Steve? Oh. 
think anytime, you know, again, our business is creating these marketing programs for our corporate partners that ends up paying for what we do. And when that happens and it works really well, then we will engage thousands of youth into their communities. And it's a beautiful thing to behold, mm -hmm. celebrated by these fantastic artists who play at our gigs. And when all of that works perfectly, and we've nailed the objectives for the brand partner, and yet they still don't go forward with us for subsequent years of the program, that's really soul-destroying. Yeah. And because these are things that are outside of your control in the corporate world, decisions are made, strategy comes from a different place, and your ability to control those things is, is virtually none. And you know that you know, you're, you're sort of leaving generations of, of youth who, who you have a real way of getting engaged, mm -hmm. and you won't be doing that. That's, that's, very, that's a low moment. Yeah, I can, I can understand that. Um, I'll tell you a bit more about it after, but when I was a nurse, my specialism is young people. All my research and work's been with young people. What aspects of your character influence your Maverick approach? If somebody said to you, you know, what part of your character? Uh, I would say um, that uh, a couple of things. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm very, people would say that I'm very driven. Yeah. So uh, in a lot of ways it's hard to work with me because um, nothing's ever quite right you know we, we we need to keep working late at night or over the weekends and and if you are not sort of comfortable with that then that's working with me closely is probably not for you okay uh, but uh, the other flip side of that is i'm incredibly loyal yeah. so those who've been through the wars with us um you know continue to stay with us so people know that there is uh recognition for for doing great work. Um, yeah, I, I think being driven and being loyal are, are two of the most important. And then, you know, a last thing I brought this up earlier, which is having fun. You know, yes. we, we have a lot of joy in our work and, uh, and we celebrate that and, and have a lot of fun. Wonderful. And, uh, uh, I think that's really key. Definitely. Are you born or bred a maverick? Uh, it's interesting. I, Somebody said to me today, you, you, can't, you aren't born an entrepreneur, that you learn it. Uh, I don't know that that's 100% true. I, I think that you're probably, um, I think there's some pre-wiring that needs to come into it. Uh, and I don't know, it probably comes from your life experiences and a mm -hmm. bit from your personality. Okay. So I, I do think there's a bit of a, of a gene uh, that you need. Now, whether that gene gets activated or you can learn to develop it, I think that's a bit of the breeding. Yeah. Uh, sorry, that's a yeah. bit of the, um, of the nurturing that yeah. comes along, yeah. but I do think there are certain elements that you have to bring to it. Um, there are certain people who just aren't suited to that level of risk because being a maverick means a high degree of risk and yeah. a high degree of fear. And if your personality isn't suited for that, then um, it, that won't work for you. Okay. Do you think your childhood in any way impacted on you being a maverick? I think for certain my, um, uh, uh, my parents definitely influenced it. My father is, um, uh, was a professor, he taught political theory, but he was a hardcore existentialist and spent a lot of time uh, in the 50s studying Sartre and French existential theory. And, so to have a hardcore existentialist as your father is quite what's, interesting. What's, what's existentialist mean? Well, I think I probably need another hour to explain oh, Okay, it to I'll look it up. Existential theory basically um, is of the belief that everybody's journey is uniquely their own. Right, and so okay. that your, your path on this planet is completely up to you. So right. an existentialist might look at a young child and rather than correcting his or her behavior, they'll just say, very interesting, what does that mean to you? You know, that's the okay. type of Okay, a bit like Montessori. Yeah. yeah. And, then the, um, and then on the other hand, uh, uh, my mother is uh, a great uh, uh, intellectually curious person. Right. And there just isn't enough time in the day to learn or read or study or travel 
And so that's just kind of been born and bred into me. Okay. How is your enthusiasm and drive and energy related to your being a maverick? Mm-hmm. I think my, my pursuit of, um, you know, my mission statement is to have fun. And I really believe in pursuing that joy as part of my life path. And mm-hmm. so if something isn't fun, it's really kind of my detector to say something isn't quite working. Yeah. The elements, uh, whether it's the people or the project or the place or the time, and it's a really great uh, filter for me to run everything through. Dude, what a what a wonderful metric. What a mm. wonderful metric to use. Reducible. To Anybody can uh, to be quite honest, if you met some of my friends, they would say fun is your middle name. One of my mavericks is staying here because he's flying off to Kuala Lumpur on Sunday. Normally, I've got an Etch-A-Sketch there, my Space Hopper's there, I've got loads of kids' games around. Because if it isn't fun, yeah, it's, it's work, Yeah, as, as far as I see it. Okay, yes. next question. How do you see rules? Rules. Well, I reject um, uh, anybody that works with us knows that, you know, if you tell me that this is the way that things are done, um, that's just not going to go down very well with me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think that everything should be questioned at any time. Uh, now, I, I understand a bit about living together in a planet with seven billion people and we've got to organize shit a little bit but if you allow sort of the way that things are done and don't leave any room for innovation then i'm going to become incredibly bored and disinterested really quickly okay have you always taken a maverick approach to business or was there a particular trigger well i think probably as i look back now and and think about it i you know, when I got out of university, I was very much um, into a particular band called the Grateful Dead. Okay. And the day I graduated university, I packed up my 1962 Volkswagen bus and was going to spend the summer on tour with the band and ended up doing that for a little over three years. Whoa, okay. So that was my early 20s. and. To pay for that, I had to be involved in various different businesses, whether it was making and selling clothing or importing textiles, whatever needed to be done. I never really thought that, you know, uh, there was there was never any limitation. I think, you know, that was very early training and right. running my own business and understanding, uh, um, you know, having to, to make way for yourself that no one was going to hand it to you. So... I learned that very early on. Okay. Are you always a maverick, Stephen, or do you choose to be so at times? Hmm. And why? No, I think... Uh, I mean, I, I, I certainly enjoy... If, if I equate being a maverick with being uh, very sort of extroverted and up all the time, then I would say no, because I like to kind of shut down and chill out for a bit. Uh, but, no, any time that I've tried to go into what you might call a more formal mm. system or structure, whether that be societal or corporate or whatever, that system always seems to reject me. So uh, I think the die has been cast. Okay. Do you turn the dial up and down on your maverickism level? Like in this situation, they can handle this. I can be 10 out of 10. In this situation, hang on a minute, I need to... I think so. I mean, the, um, I think that, uh, you know, we, we were just talking earlier today, you know, we, we can kind of see the world as, we, as the way we want to... We, we, we believe the way that Rockcore works is the way that the world ought to work. Collaboration, mm-hmm. partnership, fun music, dancing, caring, and yet sometimes we have to allow people to arrive to that same conclusion on their own pace. 
So what probably experience has brought to us is a little bit more patience to allow our corporate partners, our media partners, the non-profit partners to kind of come to the realization together with us rather than trying to force our will quite as much as we probably did in the beginning. Okay. And when you're doing this, turning the dial up and down, is that a conscious decision or an unconscious decision? Oh, it's very conscious. It's very hard to bite your tongue and allow others to come to their own uh, sort of realization about how things are instead of trying to finish people's sentences for them or uh, kind of getting to the answer uh, uh, more quickly. Allowing people to allow have their own process is an ongoing uh, a challenge. Okay. What are, important. what are the advantages and disadvantages of being a maverick in business? Well, I mean, I when I look at some of my friends who I went to graduate school with and they chose to work inside a more traditional structure, whether that be in investment banking or a big corporate firm. Sometimes the grass looks a lot greener, it seems very stable, mm-hmm. uh, there's far less risk and fear. Um, oftentimes they've done better economically, but when we come together, I, A, I told you that those were never options for me because yeah, those formal structures that. seem to reject me, but B, whenever we get together they always want to talk about the work that we're doing with Rockcore because yeah. there's a more interesting edge to it, I guess, for a, a talk over dinner as opposed to creating a new derivative or financial product yeah. or uh, a new financial control. So there are trade-offs, I think, and uh, um, the other route was never even an option for me. So Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm picking that up. <laughs> um, has age and experience altered your Maverick approach? And if so, how have you grown? Oh, for sure. I think... Um, you know, I've learned to listen more. Uh, uh, you know, you. I'm still trying to force my will on the world. Right. I realized, um, you know, keeping in the theme that uh, allowing people to have their own journey and come to that place together with you is far more powerful. I think that's what experiences okay. learn me to allow a little more oxygen to come into the room instead okay. of just sucking it all up. That's a really good analogy to explain it. Thank you. What aspects of your business are you most maverick in? I think we are um, we're pretty fearless in talking to our partners about a new way of operating, a new way of advertising our artists, a new way of performing, our nonprofit partners, a new way of engaging with their audience and their young volunteers. So we're pretty fearless about coming into people and saying, we have a new way for you to operate. So I think um, I think that's probably where our boldness comes out. Okay. And what aspects of your business are you least maverick in? Well, I think that we are... You, know, you talked a bit about rules. And Rockcore is big enough that we've been able to operate all over the world, mm-hmm. that gets us into a lot of challenges with different regulatory schemes and tax regimes around the world, and we're not big enough to get our way out of it. So I often right. say we're big enough and bold enough to get into trouble and not often big enough to solve it. So we can't hire uh, Deloitte uh, to run a you know, quarter million tax strategy for us yeah. around the world, yeah. like Procter Gamble can. Yeah. So, uh, uh, I think we are, we're always, we, you know, we're always running a, a little bit fearful of the regulatory schemes that okay. we run into in different countries where, you know, the world hasn't really caught up for these so the global social entrepreneurs, the way we do business, they're still very much operating in a in an analog uh, way. So I, I think we're we we I'd like to say we can bash up against the government and regulatory schemes in countries, but we will lose. Okay, okay. How do you balance being a maverick with home life? Uh, well, I don't really. Um, you know, I am. Um, 
48. I've never been married. I have no children. Uh, I'm changing that. I'm going to get married. Uh, I'm with a wonderful woman who is incredibly supportive of rock core. Uh, she lives on a different continent than me. Um, we're going to change that. Okay. But um, I've, I think I've made a choice. I wouldn't call it a sacrifice. I've made a choice because I think this rock core idea is really impactful for the people who get to experience it on all levels, volunteers, youth, corporations, artists, that I realize that, you know, this is what I am meant to be doing. And so I don't really understand this for me. Yeah. For others, I understand it. For me, I don't understand the concept of work-life balance. That's not yeah. a, a way I think about the world. No, that makes sense. Is any part of being a maverick related to the legacy you want to leave behind? Oh, for sure. I mean, I mentioned to you before that if we can get businesses to operate differently and still pursue their mission, which is increasing shareholder value, but do it in a way that makes the world better instead of worse, and Rockcore can have a little role in showing people how to do that and how to think about it and inspiring other entrepreneurs of creating products for these uh, corporations who control 60 to 70 percent of of the uh, uh, of the world, then um, I think we'll left a hell of a legacy, and that definitely drives me. Definitely, and what a wonderful legacy! I'm going to talk to you about how we can work on this. How much, if anything, of being a maverick is related to give back up and paying it forward? Well, for us, um, our real legacy, besides kind of showing people how to. Yeah unlock the value from corporations and social impact is the young people who interact with us. Yes. And showing somebody at a very early age, and by early I mean, you know, 16 to 24 is kind of our sweet spot. Yeah. Showing them that they have the power and the tools to make change. Yes. We often say that um, the only thing keeping our youth from truly changing the world is the respect from society that they can do so and the tools to do it, and the opportunity to do it. You, you do those three things, and, and you, then you stand back. And so, I, I would um, add... Uh, that's very much at the center of what we do, is creating this legacy of youth activists. And I would add to that the belief that they can. Yes. The belief that they can. Anybody right. can change the world. You just have to believe you can change it. That's right. Mavericks tend to be risk-takers, Stephen. What's the biggest risk you've taken in business to date? Well, it's interesting to say that um, I think when you look at Mavericks or uh, uh, entrepreneurs, almost every one of them I meet, they, they like a bit of a punt at the casino. Like they just okay. have this idea that they know something that no one else does and they can get ahead now. The casinos are a very humbling place and quite quickly you find your, yourself on the way out of there. But it's a certain mindset that the rules don't apply for me, yeah. that I can create something that didn't exist before and I know something others don't. Okay. Uh, and to be able to manifest that, you have to take a lot of risks. And, uh, and for us, we're always trying to extend and expand ourselves. I think we've taken a lot of risks in bringing artists to different parts of the world. Um, we put our put our business on the line quite often by you know taking Rihanna to Tel Aviv, taking Smashing Pumpkins to Caracas, um, all things that could horribly backfire, uh, but yet are incredibly interesting when they come off. So risk is a, a part of our daily lives. Oh my, the adrenaline buzz must be awesome. It's pretty bad. It's amazing we're not all drug addicts. Only yeah. half of us are. We don't need to be drug addicts. There's enough. You can get your rocks off in loads of different ways. No yes. pun intended. Now, my next question, how long has Rock Corp's been going, Stephen? Ten years. Ten years. Okay, so how many ventures and pro or projects have you done in the past five years with Rock Corp? Well, we've, done, uh, we've operated in ten countries. We've right. done 45 concerts uh, on six continents. Uh, we've engaged around two million youth, so it's a good start. Okay. Now, what would you consider are the characteristics of a successful venture? Sustainability. Okay. So of the ventures that you've done, 
what percentage were successful? So according to that definition, so how many have been sustainable? Well, I think the entire Rock Corps project, having been around for 10 years, we never could have dreamed it. Right. When we, our first uh, job was to do our first concert in Radio City Music Hall in New York and see if that could work. Mm-hmm. And we, we thought it might. Um, we, we, we also came very close to failing as we tried to figure out the model. And the fact that, you know, I'm sitting here talking to you as Maverick 61 yeah. um, shows that, you know, we've, we've been able to maintain it and grow it. And uh, we take a lot of pride in that. Definitely. And it's something you should be proud of. Mavericks sometimes have a tendency to go next, next, and forget to do that pat yourself on the back. We're doing this well, people. Yeah, we, it's nice to have people from the outside tell you that because, like I say, it, it feels like, um, you know, it can all go away in a second. So yes. it's a constant battle every day, and it's nice to have someone from the outside say, no, that's a pretty good track record if we keep related. I think you've done pretty flipping awesome. Oh, thanks, Billy. Definitely. What leads to successful execution of a venture for you? I think uh, a combination of a real high-level vision. Mm-hmm. So uh, when we first were coming up with this rock core thing, I went to Radio City Music Hall as a punter. I stood on the balcony and I looked at the lobby, beautiful music venue in Times Square, and I could just picture 5,000 volunteers being in there and filling the place, which is exactly what happened a year and a half later. So a a real vision of how you're going to change the world, create something new, but then the ability to go down on a micro level of execution and look at every single detail and leave nothing to chance. Uh, And that's an always-on character trait that you just are... Uh, worried about every piece of execution there are a lot of great ideas in the world and people often say oh rock core that's a great idea and it's true but I quickly fill in the second part which is uh, perfectly executed yes because otherwise it's just a great idea just an idea Yeah. yeah we were having this conversation just earlier actually what do you do that makes the venture successful what does Stephen bring to the table I think that you know my my life experience is working. Uh, I've been a lifelong volunteer. Also worked in nonprofit organizations. Mm-hmm. Then I uh, was on tour with this band I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Worked in venture capital, raising money and working on business plans and growth. All of those I didn't know it at the time. Yeah. Were on a, an academy for me to do this rock core job. Oh, definitely. So the ability to. Uh, interact with some of the world's biggest artists and explain to them what we're doing, but then also visit a very small nonprofit and understand exactly how the world works for them. Definitely. So we to connect the, that wide range of spectrum and help other people understand it, I think, is what I bring to the venture. I think you're right. When a venture's unsuccessful, what would you consider the main reasons for their failure? The main reason why Rockcore fails, and by failing I mean doesn't continue in a certain market, is that we have not helped our corporate sponsor use the asset that they have in Rockcore to further their commercial or business objectives. And so we can't always assume that on the other side of the table our corporate partners understand how to use Rockcore for their business. And that's why we failed, is we haven't really allowed them to truly unlock the value that they have in their asset and drive their businesses forward, which is what our whole model is based on. Okay. As a maverick, what are you afraid of? What's the first thing that jumps into your head? I'm afraid of the rock core experiment uh, 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 stopping, losing its sustainability. That's what drives me. That's not going to happen. Thank you. That's not going to happen. Well, 10 years, we're still here, but that fear never leaves. Yep, but it's positive attitude. How important is team to you as a maverick? Uh, well, it's everything. I mean, we, uh, we, you know, we are currently operating 
uh, in multiple time zones, and we can't be there. We need a great team who understands where we're all driving for, is aligned with our mission, and has that same level of detail when it comes to execution. Without that, uh, you know, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't have been on on six continents. Okay, team is everything. Does being a maverick affect your approach to leadership? Well, I don't know if you can separate those things a bit. Uh, I think that um, you know there are there are different types of of leaders for sure, and there are different types of maverick leaders. Um, for me, I guess um, I would say that my approach is is to try to inspire people to imagine great things mm -hmm. and try and go towards them. Um, I'm not a fan of incrementalism, so if we can't really think of really big things that we want to try and do and go towards them, then I've failed in my job as a leader. Okay. Stephen, how and where did you get your permission to be a maverick? Mm. Well, I don't know that it was uh, permission as much as it just was really seemed the only option to me. Okay. There were really no other routes. I mean, uh, working in a traditional structure, I've tried it. Um, uh, it. I just was sort of rejected like the organ transplant. Okay. It didn't fit into the body. Yeah. So making my own way was really the only way to go through this life. So, so I don't know if it was permission other than it was just really the only option. But d d so next question, did you give yourself permission to be like that? I think I'm, a, I'm sort of a scrapper, I'm a survivor, and yeah. you know, whether it was selling uh, petite clothing out of my Volkswagen bus or running rock core, uh, getting to the next show was you know, always, uh, always my motivation, so okay. uh, it just seemed like that's just what you did, I never really, it was never an internal debate for me. Yeah. Is being a maverick related to creativity, and if so, how? Well, there, you know, I'm sitting here in an advertising agency in London, right. and there's a language in advertising that really bothers me, where you have a certain group of people in these agencies called the creative Creative department. director, yeah. And so they call them the creatives. And by doing that, that means that everyone who's not in that department is Even. by virtue yeah. not creative. Yeah. And that's incredibly uh, wrong. Because, you know, I would consider a, an entrepreneur to be an incredibly creative person. Um, uh, and so I think creativity is conjuring up something that didn't exist before, finding a new way, a new thing. And I don't know of anything more creative than that. Brilliant. So moving on from the creative, exactly what you just said, how is being a maverick related to innovation? So you've said what creativity is. <clears throat> I believe that being a maverick and, and being a leader in this type of stuff yeah. is really allowing for the space for people to be creative right. and being, allowing them the space to be innovative. Right. And so if you can't allow people to try something and fail, then you've left no oxygen for innovation and you're not going to become sustainable because you won't reinvent yourself. So okay, being okay. a leader means giving the, the space uh, and the time and the support for people to try things and wonderfully succeed, but also know that they're safe when they fail. Okay. Mavericks tend to be learners. What are you a student of? Oh, everything. I mean, I try and devour um, as much as I can. I particularly like to read about uh, social innovation. Mm -hmm. There's been a real tsunami of academic research, uh, trial and error all around the globe as people try to solve society's problems. So I devour as much learning as I can from other social innovators. Okay. Uh, we are a music company. So uh, you have to constantly stay on top of what's happening in music. Right. And by right. virtue of that now and the way things have gone, that means also in technology. So, you know, how, uh, how is technology influencing our relationship to each other and to music and how we consume it? 
And if you purport to have an audience of 16 to 24 year olds and you want to talk to them, you have to follow that audience. Okay. And so that means, you know, that you, you, it used to be you could talk to them through television programming and that's nothing's further from the truth now. So understanding where the audience is going, how they're relating to each other, you know, it, 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 social media, digital, online, video, uh, how they present themselves and what communities they are involved in. Uh, it takes constant learning to understand that. Okay. Do you draw on other mavericks in any way? Sorry, say that again? Do you draw on other mavericks in oh, any absolutely. way? Oh, absolutely. Well, I mentioned studying all these social innovators out there who do are incredibly brilliant and do inspiring stuff. But then, I, t you know, a lot of my friends tend to be people who are doing similar things by creating their own businesses or we just tend to kind of understand each other's lives in a way. Okay. Uh, so I'm, uh, I'm surrounded by mavericks. Okay. Is there anyone who's a maverick that inspires you? Oh, for sure. Um, you know, I mean, uh, uh, the, the guy that kind of came before who gets a lot of credit, although there are many people involved, is um, Bob Geldof. Right. And really showed what music could do uh, to change the world yeah. and get people's attention. And so we've always uh, uh, thought about Bob in, uh, and being such an incredible maverick and, and really creating a language around using music to engage people. I mean, music has been uh, is used for revolution and protest for uh, centuries. You know, that's, that's a lot of what music is, is being able to sing about our station in life and, mm. and how we want to change it. So music is the soundtrack of protest and change. Okay. But, but Geldof really showed how it could be done on a global scale and uh, yeah, he's my hero. Okay. What do you have to suffer or sacrifice because you're a maverick? I don't think about sacrifice like that. Okay. So uh, if you think about sacrifice, to be able to do your chosen path, that something's wrong. Okay. You're not aligned properly. Okay. Um, when you're aligned properly, there's no concept of sacrifice. You're just doing, you're just living and uh, trying to create this, this sort of wave. And, and so um, uh, uh, sacrifice is not a concept. Okay. If, it, if it is, then you've done something wrong. What motivates you as a man? What makes you jump out of bed and say, yep, rock corps, let's go do this? Well, these rock corps concerts yeah. are some of the most beautiful places on the planet I've ever visited. Okay. You have... So when, you, when we have a concert, we just had one in Paris week before last, mm -hmm. and there were 1,500 young people there. And for the six weeks before the concert, we did a series of about 75 different community projects around Paris and Greater Paris, all done in partnership with local nonprofits. Right. When you watch the young people come to these volunteer projects, they come a little bit shy. Yeah. And they have, usually come with another friend, and they turn up and probably think, oh, how much can I do in four hours? But then they work together with... Uh, 150 or 100 people and they can see how much change they can make yes and then they come to the concert and they join 1500 others sometimes 5000 others and it just blows their mind yeah. that all these people have been involved in this thing and the artists are shouting them out from the stage and it just becomes this new level of human existence and it's a place that you want to exist in and so what drives me is always getting to the next show wow and and everybody who's involved with it kind of feels like they almost tore open one of the walls and said, oh, there's a better room over there. Yeah. We should all go live there together. And that's what the Rock Corps experiences is like. So my motivation is getting back to the next show. The next show. It's like, a, it's like an adrenaline fix, isn't it? It is. Right. Yeah. Rock Corps is your drug, isn't it? Indeed. Is any part of being a maverick related to finding out who you are and what you're capable of? Uh, 
I think uh, being a maverick is really probably, you know, someone said to me once, you know, Stephen, you really got to know your limitations. And I felt, I'd never heard that really before in that way, and it felt so odd to me because obviously I have limitations, but I'm not interested in knowing them. Yeah. So I don't really think through that paradigm. Yeah. Uh, and I think that there's probably nothing that I can't do. And that's a little bit of that sort of runaway ego that's necessary to do what we do. Definitely. And, uh, that... I, don't think about, I don't think about my limitations. I'm not sure what they are. I think it's because people who are mavericks tend to believe they're invincible. That's in probably some right. way. Yeah. I know that I'm not a great singer. That's proven to me. <laughs> that's but why you hire not... the talent, darling. That's right, yeah. <laughs> do you like being a maverick? Well, as I said to you, I think before, I don't think about it that way because there's no other option available to me. Okay. Like, this is just it. You know, I, it's not like, okay, well, I'm going to stop now and go work at uh, the investment bank at yeah. Goldman Sachs, yeah. you know, or um, I'm going to go work at Procter & Gamble. Those things aren't available to me. So, okay. of course, I like it because it's it's my life. Um, I love rock chords. It's a it's a nonstop adventure, so I'm just living it. It's I don't think about it as liking it or not liking it. It is. It's actually really interesting the language you use because my journey doing this Maverick thing that's what it is. It's the biggest and best adventure I've ever been on. I don't want it to stop, so I found a way not to let it stop. That's right. Is being a Maverick important or a responsibility in any way? I feel a great responsibility for the people that we work with and are partnered with. Uh, you know, if I'm, if I have a an off day or a bad meeting or a presentation went awry, I've I've I'm mad at myself for my performance, but mostly because I feel like I've let others down. And so yes, I do feel a great responsibility to help shepherd Rockcore uh, through and. And uh, yeah, that, that, that I carry that around with me for sure because it's not just me I'm representing, it's thousands of others and thousands that we haven't yet reached, so yeah. it's a huge responsibility. Now that we've nearly finished the interview, on a scale of 1 to 10, how maverick are you? I'm at 11. <laughs> no. Oh, do you know what? Mavericks, they never just answer the question. That's why they're mavericks. If you knew the pain I had to go through, when I wrote my thesis, I know it's off tangent, but you've got to hear this. I'm like, I'm trying to write this for a university, academic. Okay. I'm like thinking, on what fucking planet did I think that I could interview these mavericks and then make them fit in these boxes? Because yeah, I just had, you know, right. every person, you can't just say 10 people said this because they all had a different version. Of course. What advice would you give to someone, Stephen, who feels they're a maverick so that they can be the best possible maverick they could be? Uh, surround yourself with people who support you and don't hang out with negative energy. Oh, God, yeah. Somebody, you know how somebody described it? Energy vampires. That's it. So don't, and you don't have to, I, I give this advice to students often who want to know, you know, how do you create a rock chorus? You, or how do I get to fulfilling my, my dreams is really what they're asking. Yeah. And you take a, you need to do a constant inventory for yourself and who are the people who you are hanging out with. Yeah. And because they inform who you are. And exactly. You don't have to change them overnight, but... Find the ones that are really feeding you. Spend a lot of time with them. The ones who aren't, spend less time, time with them. With Move in the direction of where you need to be. And if you know that you're not in the final place, you'll you'll know that. But move in the direction of yeah. of where you want to be. North Star. Head That's towards it. your North Star. That's right. How do you promote and serve other people to be mavericks? Yeah, I think uh, you have a big responsibility to um, uh, share with others what you've learned. You know, mm -hmm. any young person particularly who reaches out to me and wants to hear about the rock core story will work really hard to find time when yeah. to sit down with them and share a story because, you know, you talk to, you're talking to the woman who wrote Pay It Forward, that's it. And others did the same for us. So yeah. 
it's our responsibility to share that journey. I often give the young people some homework to see how committed they are because being able to get a meeting with me is not their final stopping point. They often say, I've got a great idea, can I just meet with you? With the idea that perhaps if they just meet with me, their idea will manifest itself. And That's I'll just the first rung of the ladder. I'll, I'll say to them, um, right, so take this book and read it and then come back to me and we'll, we'll meet again. And that usually cuts out about 90% of them. What's the uh, book you give them? Depends on what oh, area okay, okay. I meet a lot of people who want to get more deep into the music, so I'll give them a music book. Oh, right, okay. People who want to get more into social change, I'll give them a social change book. But a book. Wonderful. Uh, because they've got to go home and do that homework, and if they read it in a week and they're back in front of me, then I'll spend more time with them. Excellent. If you're not willing to, if you're not willing to do that, then maybe uh, 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 I'll spend less time with them. Okay. If you could have a superhero power, what would it be? Oh, I'd quite like to be able to fly. Yeah, that one crops up so yeah. often. I spend a lot of time in uh, airplanes. Yeah. And I'd like to get there a little bit quicker. The other one I had, right, you'll love is teleportation. Yeah, well, that comes up quick as well. Yeah. yeah. That would be very helpful if I could just move around the world like that. What do you do for fun? Uh, for fun, well, I love uh, I love big events. So yeah. Um, if I'm not producing them, I'm often going to them. Okay. I have a really sort of fun sideline uh, job. I'm the, I've just come back from the Caribbean. I have a, I'm the creative director of the Caribbean Premier League, which is a professional cricket league. Wow! And so I help them with their uh, uh, kind of look and feel of their league and their entertainments. And I'm a, I love my cricket, so... That's like a dream for me. So it's still a, a job per se, but, yeah. um, it's but, a, but I'm another a, fun I'm job to spend the weekend. Yeah, running around a cricket pitch with some of the world's best cricketers and making sure we've got good music going. It's great. Okay. Final question: What would you like to have been asked that I haven't asked you? Oh, I think that uh, you're a great maverick yourself, Billy. You've done a wonderful job. Uh, I uh, I enjoyed it. I can't really think of anything. No worries. Uh, I, I think you uh, you were able to um, uh, get me to talk about it in a way. Some of the questions I had to pause and think, which I don't normally do. I often talk over the last bit of a question. So. Oh, um, thank you uh, so much. Provo 